Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, Culture Kids. Welcome to our show. We are a family podcast dedicated to empowering a generation of kind and empathetic creators and citizens of the world. Thank you for joining us today. We have Mr. Tabari Quarles from African American Cultural Center of Long Beach to teach us all about West African drums and more. Hello, hello. My name is Asher and I'm your host along with my mom, Kristen. Have you left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet? Yeah. Please do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star review. This helps us spread the word and make more episodes for more people around the world. Thank you. And we have a few birthday celebrations today. We want to wish Nari Lacey, who is turning seven years old, a big happy birthday. And we also want to wish Finley and Luca, who are also from California, a big happy birthday. We also have Hunter Green, who is turning nine years old. Hunter is from Tennessee and wants to travel to China someday. And happy birthday to my cousin Jonah. He is turning 10 years old. Happy birthday, everyone. Well, let's hurry up and meet our guest. Welcome, Mr. Tabari Quarles. Welcome to our show. Kristen, hey, Asher, coach your kids. Can you tell us about yourself? My name is Tabari Quarles, and I teach West African drum. I also enjoy other areas of music. I study brass instruments, woodwind, percussion, etc. Cool. That's a lot of instruments. That's right. So mommy had the pleasure of taking Mr. Tabari's West African drum class and learned so much about the vibrant rhythms and beats of the different drums. Awesome. I can't wait to do it, too. But what do you mean by West Africa? Like countries in West Africa? West Africa refers to the western region of the African continent, bordered by the Atlantic Ocean. It includes countries like Senegal, Mali, Guinea, Nigeria, Ghana, Ivory Coast, among others. This region is known for its cultural diversity, rich history, and vibrant traditions in music, art, dance, and cuisine. Cool, that's a lot of countries. So do they speak a lot of different languages? That's a very good question. Amongst all of the um, countries in West Africa, it's very complex because they have their own language like Susu, Mandingo, etc. But they also have French too, which is commonly spoken amongst the different countries there in West Africa. Awesome. What about English? English, uh, very little. Thank you for sharing this. In the West African region, there are many diverse countries, all with their own culture and ethnic groups. They all have different languages because there are lots of different groups of people living there. Some countries speak languages that have been there for a long time, and other people speak languages brought by others. So it is very diverse, and as Mr. Tabari explained, very complex. Cool. So what kind of drums do you teach? 
I know there's so many different kinds of drums. In Korea, we call drums book. Not a book like you read, but like book. Thanks, Asher. The hand drums that I teach is one, the djembe, and also the dun-dun sections. Dun-duns? Huh? So I learned in Mr. Tabari's class that in West African music, the dun-dun section is kind of like a band within the ensemble. Hmm. Ensemble is a group of musicians who play together. Yes, and so the dun-dun section, they play with other percussion instruments like the djembe. It's like a little band inside a big band. Can you first tell us about the dun-dun section? Absolutely. They're much larger drums. They have different pitches, a high, medium, and lower sound. The dun-dun is the biggest one, which is the bottom. That's known as the powerhouse, if you will, the father of the family. Ooh, so it must have a low sound. I guess so. The middle drum is known as the songba. That's the most important one. Um, so in size also, it's the middle drum. And pitch-wise, it's the middle pitch. Dancers, when they're dancing, they're dancing to the songba. So that's kind of like me. I'm not the smallest one in the family, but maybe middle. And then every family, of course, is complete when you have the child. And that's the kinkany, the smaller drum. That's the high-pitched drum that you use for timing or to spice the rhythm. And that's all than my baby sister. Oh, how adorable. So dun section has three parts. The baby drum. The middle drum. And the father of the drums. The big one! Could you also tell us about the djembe drums? Do they play the djembe with the dun-dun drums? Yes, well, if I can elaborate even more with the history, um, normally in an ensemble setting, the dun-duns, the more bigger drums that you play with sticks, will be the primary instruments, but for the djembe, that used to only be brought out for the special occasions historically. So if there was some type of wedding or a funeral or any kind of celebration, that's when they would bring the djembe out. What are djembe's made out of? Good question, Asher. A djembe looks like a big drum that's bigger on the bottom and gets skinnier at the top, sort of like an hourglass. It's made of wood and has a special skin on top that you hit with your hands to make music. Skin? Like what kind of skin? So there are different animal skins that range from goat skin to calf to buffalo as well as camel, and then on a rare occasion, even horse. Whoa. That's an interesting lineup of animals. Yes. So at the top, you have the skin where your hand is striking the drum. Um, it will never be played, the djembe will never be played with any stick. So this is strictly a hand drum. Different woods that is made out of, which gives it a different type of sound, different, different types of wood that they get it from. But overall, what they do is carve these from the trees and they'll make, they're masters at creating different designs on your drums. So you can have something fancy. Fancy. Or you can have something that's a little more simple, if you will. I saw some very intricate designs that were carved onto each djembe and it looked so beautiful and gave the drums almost like their own personality. 
and I also noticed that each jinbei had ropes surrounding it. Can you tell us more about the ropes? Yes, the ropes are here to tune the drums, make the, making the pitch go higher or even lower. So they put these on when they're assembling the drum, when they're putting the skin onto it. And then there are certain ways that you pull the ropes that will actually tune the drum as well. That's cool how the ropes change and how the drums sound. Yes, they're coiled tightly around the body of the drum. Or they're attached to the rings as well as the skin. Yes, I find that very fascinating. By pulling on the ropes, you can make the skin tighter or looser, which changes the sound of the drum when you play it. It's science! <laughs> can you tell us about the history of Jimbei and the Dune Dunes? Mommy says that the root of drums are traced back to the countries in Africa. So how long ago is it? So West African drum and dance goes back um, many centuries. It's hard to put a date to it, but it goes back so many centuries, nearly since the very beginning. And a lot of the instruments that goes with it, just to name a few, of course, you have the djembe's, the dune sections, you have sabar drums, kora, which is a guitar that you play, as well as balafons. So are they the ancestors of drums? That's a really good way to put it. The origins of drumming can definitely be traced back to countries in Africa, along with many other things we enjoy today. In fact, East Africa is recognized as the birthplace of humans. Wow! Because scientists have found some of the oldest human fossils there. Outstanding. A lot of things, culturally, musically, and even dance-wise, originated in Africa. Now it's done and modified, if you will, all over the world. You can go to a band class and see students that play the xylophone or the bilophone or the um, vibraphone, and that originated from an African instrument that's called a bilophone. It's not, it's no steels or metals related, but that's where they got it inspired from. And so for kungas and bongos, they took that from the djembe, so it may not have the animal skin or the ropes or the wood that the djembe is made of, but it's from, it's inspired from the djembe. What about the famous music we listen today? Like hip hop, jazz, and more. Are they traced back to ancient West African beats and rhythms too? Absolutely. Um, you can take some of the biggest music artists in this country as well as any other country um, and they are all, whether they realize it or not the beats that they come up with is inspired by a lot of the West African rhythms that we play um, and even if you're in a drum circle and you're playing with other cultures I can take a traditional djembe part and fit it into whatever it is that they're playing and it blends right in Wow, thank you for this explanation. It's so interesting to learn about how so many things we enjoy every day, like music, art, and even languages originated from countries in Africa. Understanding these roots allows us to celebrate and show appreciation for the diverse cultural heritage of Black communities everywhere. And I find it so cool that there are many people like Mr. Tabari and his family who carry on the traditions and innovations of their ancestors after thousands of years and share it with the whole world. 
Yeah, we learned in our previous episode that when we practice traditions, it's like we're traveling back in time and connecting back with our ancestors. I like that. So can you tell us how to play the djembe? Mommy wants to take the class by herself, but I want to go too. Sorry, Asher, your schedule didn't quite work out, but I learned some really cool techniques with the djembe. My favorite part is the control you have over the tone by using your hands and varying how you hit the drum with your fingers. Depending on where you strike the surface of the djembe, it makes different sounds too. Can you explain that? So, when I want to hit a bass, I hit it towards the center, not too far towards the edge, but right in the center to get that bottom note. Could you demonstrate what it sounds like? Awesome! Now for the tone, this is actually the most important note. Why is it important? What gives it meaning every single time is my tone and how I say it. And when we talk about duplicating the language through the drum, that's what they did in African culture. That's what they did when transmitting messages. What gave it meaning was the tone. So that's why even in the context of music, that is so important. Thank you for explaining this. So the tone of the djembe is almost like the pitch of someone's voice, which helps them express feelings and messages. It makes it more meaningful to everyone listening. So how do you play the tone? Which part of the drum do you play? So we go towards the edge of the drum, not too far, but get enough of the drum towards the edge, and we go for a more hollow sound with our fingers closed. So fingers are closed for the hollow sound. Yep. And in the same spot, if you want a slap, which is your higher pitch, also known as a solo note, you will simply spread those fingers and have your hand as relaxed as possible, slightly arched, and you would get a nice high-pitched sound. Wow, that does sound like a high note. (laughs) So if you want a high note, you open your fingers. So as Mr. Tabari mentioned, West African drum and dance are more than just about beats or sounds. They're ways of communicating with each part of having important meanings. Throughout history, these rhythms have been used for many things like telling stories, celebrating special times, and even connecting with ancestors. Absolutely. And in terms of what's part of the history for the djembe, once upon a time, way back before we had telephones, cell phones, fax machines, computers, you name it, uh, they would also transmit messages through the drums from drummer to drummer, village to village, which is part of the reason why the tone, that note, the tone is so important. When you talk about duplicating your languages and giving it meaning, this is how they transmit the message village to village. That's so cool. It's like a secret message. (laughs) Kind of like the Navajo Code Talkers. It is similar, yes. Can you share some examples of how the rhythms were used to share a message or even a special event? African drumming is very therapeutic and also with the rhythms, the different rhythms that you have out there, they're played for many different occasions. 
there can be a harvesting rhythm, um, a rhythm. There's a rhythm, a popular one that is played when a woman goes out to go fishing. It's called cuckoo. That's what the drummers will play as the women go fishing. Cool. I love fishing. So there's a special rhythm for that? That's the rhythm that the drummers will play every time the ladies will go down to the river and go fishing for their meals. And that's the rhythm that is played. Where in West Africa did it come from? Mostly Guinea. Um, there's even a song um, that they sing, that the ladies will sing, and it basically means um, cuckoo way deep down by the water. So if the ladies are saying cuckoo way Nicaragua, that's what they're saying is fishing deep down by the water. It's cuckoo way deep down by the water. And here's a sample clip of cuckoo way Nicaragua by Mamadi Keita. <laughs> What other rhythms are there? There are specific rhythms that are um, considered a warrior's dance or the dance of the strong man, the dance of the wrestler. Um, there are certain rhythms that they'll play when they're about to go into battle. And there's also certain rhythms that they'll play that's considered a mass dance, so different masks that represent different things, something that's known to ward off evil spirits or anything like that. There are certain rhythms that are played for that. Right away. I love how in the different Western African countries, it is much more than just about music or dance. The rhythms and movements have so much deep meaning and stories about the diverse people and the cultures that come from this region. Yeah, it's like the Chinese community. Everything symbolizes something really nice during Lunar New Year. That's a very great comparison, Asher. Then we also have healing rhythms too. There's a rhythm called Lamba, which we use for healing rhythms that can be either, from what I understand, physically or spiritually. Could you demonstrate this rhythm for us? So there's two ways of playing it um, speed-wise, but for the slower tempo, it sounds more like this. Sounds relaxing and peaceful. I guess that's why they use it for healing ceremonies. Historically, that rhythm in particular has been known as that. And there are also a lot of moving parts, too, in regards to djembe part. You have the dunes playing with their respective parts, their song and dance that goes into it as well, too. Where in West Africa do these rhythms come from? Predominantly, a lot of the rhythms that we play mostly, not exclusively, but mostly comes out of Guinea. That's where they make mostly the djembe's. It originally came from Mali, but Guinea became the, I guess, the hot spot, if you will, for djembe playing. And that's where some of the greatest drummers to ever live come out of Guinea. Not only Guinea, but mostly. Oh, yeah. Guinea is a country in West Africa. I knew that. Yes, Guinea is a beautiful country on Africa's west coast next to the Atlantic Ocean. It has forests, hills, and beaches, and is famous for its lively culture and music. So whenever people go to Africa and they want to learn from some of the greatest drummers, uh, they go to Guinea. That's the main place that they go to. 
Could you share some famous West African drummers that are popular now? Also, we can listen to them at home. So it's like we're traveling to Guinea. There's some that are from Guinea. The more popular amongst my peers is Basiri Kone. He's a master drummer. I believe he's from Guinea. Fode Bangora is also one of my favorites. Um, And there are a few that's not so much from Guinea, but I would highly recommend them, such as Weedy Brema. He is my favorite all-time drummer. He's just an amazing percussionist. God rest his soul, Mama Dikata. He is known as the best, and I would always recommend his material to anyone who is interested in studying um, West African drum and dance. Thank you for sharing this list. Grownups, please check out our links under our show notes for a list of the artists Mr. Tabari shared. They'll also be available on our Instagram page as well, which is at Culture Kids Media. And Mr. Tabari, before you leave, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? This is for the grown-ups. If you're in the Long Beach area and you're interested in a donation-based West African drum class, check us out at the African American Cultural Center of Long Beach every second and fourth Thursday of the month at 4321 Atlantic Avenue, Long Beach, California. Again, every second and fourth Thursday of the month. Thanks for being here today. I hope to come and take your class very soon. Thank you so much, Culture Kids. Bye, Kristen. Bye, Asher. And to our Culture Kids family, we encourage you to continue your adventure learning about West African drums and rhythms. Perhaps you and your grown-ups can find a West African drum class in your neighborhood where you can learn some of these cool rhythms and become a talented drummer just like Mr. Tabari. The more we learn about the music, arts, and the cultures of our friends around us, the more we expand our creativity and make friends with diverse backgrounds that will enrich our lives. And always remember, here at Culture Kids, you and your family are welcomed, included, and celebrated for exactly who you are. Can I go first? Of course. What kind of key opens a computer? What kind of a key? A keyboard. (laughs) I think you came up with this by yourself. I made that one up. Very clever. Okay, mommy's turn. What's an astronaut's favorite part of the computer? What? A space bar. I get it. Very funny. Thanks for joining us today. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to our channel because we have a lot of exciting content coming up. Mr. Ahasteen from the Navajo Nation will be returning to join us and we'll continue to explore more about West African dance. And if you love listening to Culture Kids, please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple and on Spotify. Until next week, bye-bye! We've all been there. You're standing in a museum, staring at a painting, and all you can think is, I don't get it. 
To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts.